Hey, everybody, welcome to a special solo episode of Talking USMLE. Let's not waste any more time. Let's dive in to today's solo episode with Dr. Stavros. On the CS exam, in order to be able to maximize your points on the ICE component, one of the big factors is coming up with differentials. Many of times I have students that I train live in our test center or simulation center in Chicago, and they are aware of the CS uh, subcomponents. They are aware that they need to come up with differentials. Many times when we're in training, they take 25 seconds, maybe less, and they walk right on in. I automatically know as Dr. Stavros and the standardized patient that they don't have enough time to really gather their thoughts. So now they are pretty much increasing their difficulty level on in the encounter. Because at the end of the day, when you're walking in with one or two or three differentials, what if as you're asking questions to the SP, gathering the information needed, you've knocked out those two or three differentials? So now you're stuck with thinking more differentials. Now it's pretty much like juggling, like a juggling act. Because when you're walking in, you don't know if the person's going to be nice, not nice, challenging, quiet, sincere, uh, mean, rude. You have no idea. So now you have to ask questions. You have to uh, gather the data, jot it down, record it in front of you. Also maintain eye contact, listen, observe, absorb, hear, everything on top of that. Then when it comes to you run out of your list, meaning you had those three differentials and now you don't have any more, you add more, you're juggling more information now because now you throw another ball into the juggling act and now you have to think, okay, what does this person have? Well, unfortunately, you have no time to think because the patient's asking you questions. You have to ask them questions. You have to stand up, perform a physical exam, which needs to be focused and also heart and lungs in every case. So then you could also get those points and then you have to sit back down or stand up to you and you have to tell the patient based upon the data gathering, the information that you've obtained from them, what you think he or she might be having. So the biggest pitfall that I see over and over again that's repeated nonstop is that students just want to rush right in and attack the case. Okay, great. I love it. I, I love the inspiration. I love the admiration. I love the drive. But at the end of the day, when you sit down and you're about to tell the patient what he or she, what Mr. Williams, Ms. Jones might be having due to because of their chest pain, their headache, their back pain, you're stuck. You have that deer in headlights that we say. And then what do you do? You panic. And the biggest, biggest mistake that I see happening over and over again is if you panic, you just spit out some information. So instead of gathering your thoughts, instead of taking our advice and just really connecting the dots and just taking your time and expressing to the patient what you, he, what you think he or she might be having. Instead, you just spit out a differential, might be inaccurate, might be really detrimental, like cancer, like HIV, like something that are, are myocardial infarction, MI. And then not only does a patient uh, seem shocked because they might react to that, who wouldn't, but then you don't get the points for it because it is inaccurate. And then no one taps you on the back and say, hey, by the way, doc, that was inaccurate. So then you walk on out, you say, well, I gave it to the patient, so might as well just put on the note. Well, you're shooting yourself twice in the foot. 
And I use that phrase, shooting yourself twice in the foot, because you're hurting yourself. This is your residency we're talking about. This is a score that's going to make you or break you to get into residency. So you score so well on step one, you work your butt off to do step two CK, to work, to sacrifice time and time and hours from family, from friends, to really get your high score. And then you don't train properly for the CS exam. You panic. And then you give the patient, you tell them what you think they have. It's inaccurate. You type it on your note. That's inaccurate. And then you don't do well on the ice. So I, I tell students, I tell physicians, you have to have a game plan. You have to be able to really have that minute at the door. It's not given to you. You're taking it for yourself. It's, it's an investment. You're investing that 45 seconds to a minute, maybe more, maybe less. So you're able to gather your thoughts nice and quiet. No one's watching you. I mean, the proctors are there, but they're not really engaging with you. They're not talking to you. You have your time. You write down your information and you need to have a go-to list all the time. I tell students, your go-to list has to be solid. If I call you two o'clock in the morning, if I knock on your door 4 p.m., if I throw you a text, you have to be able to say, okay, doctor, this is my headache list. This is my chest pain list. This is my knee pain list. If you don't have that ready to go and you're going to think about that on exam day, well, you're just adding more more balls to, to, to juggle because then you're going to walk in that door. You don't know. I can't guarantee. I can't tell you what you're going to be facing with. So remember, when you're practicing, when you're working, when you're training in the hospital with your friends, colleagues, with ourselves, you have to have your list solid and tight. And not only that, but also practice and, and review what kind of findings will be coming, will you want to see with each patient. So, I mean, you could simply tell me aortic dissection. Okay, great. But then I can turn around and say, well, what kind of findings are you planning to see on history? Meaning, what will the patient present with? And many students are like, well, yeah, I don't know. Or they might say something, you know, increase, decrease blood pressure or this or that. And then I simply say, well, how can I prove that? How can I, unless you ask me those questions, how can a, a patient provide that information. So not only do you need to know the differentials, you also need to know a couple of findings, three, four, five, as many as possible of what the patient might be giving you as a symptom. And then to add one more is you need to know what you might see on physical. See, a lot of students, they stop at history. They say, I'm gathering information. Physical was normal. Well, the normality of the physical exam is also giving you proof of what it could and could not be. So I tell students and physicians over and over again, every question is, there's a strategy behind every question. Meaning, I ask you a question, if the answer is yes, wow, wonderful, that could be ruling in my, one of my differentials. But if I ask you a question and you tell me, no doctor, it's not, then that's ruling out one of my differentials. So you see, I'm not wasting time. Every question I ask, there's a reason behind it. Because is it drug use? Is it trauma? Is it costochondritis causing your chest pain? Or is it something so more severe, meaning pericarditis, plur, you know, um, pulmonary embolism, MI, angina? We need to know. In order for you to know, you have to ask questions. You see, a lot of, um, a lot of times we assume. If I tell you I'm bleeding, I have blood in my stool or blood in my urine, oh my God, as a physician, oh my God, blood, we gotta go. No, in reality, you need to find out the amount. Well, if obviously there's blood, but what color is the blood? You see, my blood could be different than your blood, meaning the definition. I, physician, can say, well, is it bright red? Is it dark red? Is it pink? Is it orange? So the patient might say, well, I think it's like a little light color or like a little pink. Maybe they have a high diet in beets. Maybe they love red licorice. Maybe they're a marathon runner. Maybe they're, um, they had a post-strep uh, post infection. So 
We cannot jump. Jumping and assuming can really be detrimental on the CS exam. So gather your thoughts, make your list of differentials, come up with a couple of findings for every differential, think about what the patient might be presenting with on history and also on physical. So when you sit there in the hot seat, and I call a hot seat for a reason because that is a hot seat. When you're sitting in front of the patients, you and them, times 12 in one day, it's very scary. It can be even very um, demanding because you have to have all these different parts, moving pieces, moving parts nonstop, and you have to be able to juggle that and control that and also look nice and kind and humble and sympathetic and that you care. So there's a lot of subcomponents involved and it's a lot of balancing, but with the right practice, right training and proper training live, um, you'll be able to handle any kind of case. I mean, for step one in CK, you go in and you take thousands, you do thousands of questions before you walk in. You take multiple NBME exams before you walk in. So for the CS exam, you have to do something very similar. You have to practice cases, but you also have to practice them the correct way. Create and obtain that formula so you're able to direct that and implement that in every case. And once you do that and get assessed and you have the proper training, you'll attack any case in every test center nationwide. All right, guys. Wish you the best. Thank you guys for tuning in to today's episode. We hope that you found it to be useful. If you did, don't forget to subscribe. Please help us out by leaving a five-star rating and leaving us a review. Don't forget to follow Dr. Stavros and I on Instagram. I'm at Dr. Paul USMLE. Dr. Stavros can be found at Dr.StavrosVMD. And as always, if there's anything that we can do to help you, go ahead and visit Step2CSPrep.com. Reach out to us for any of your Step2CS prep needs. Thanks again for stopping by. We'll see you on the next episode.